Welcome to the Basic Money Matters Show, where we take the complicated financial parts of your life and business and make it easy for you to understand. We discuss tools and tips to help you manage your personal and business finances. Are you ready to get your finances in order? I am your host, Annette Sullivan, Certified Public Accountant and CEO of Temple Management Consulting. Disability Insurance If a disabling illness or injury were to prevent you from working for weeks, months, or even years, how would you support yourself and your family? If disability strikes, you may discover that your most important asset is probably not your home or your savings, but at that time, it's likely to be your ability to earn a living. There's so much going on in the land today. A lot of sickness, a lot of unplanned sickness that have disrupted disrupted many lives. And so it's not just COVID-19, but there are so many other sicknesses and diseases that have hit people unexpectedly. And as a result, their finances have either been destroyed or severely impaired, which is the reason why we're discussing this topic today, is to encourage you to consider, if you don't already have in place, a disability insurance policy. Disability insurance can help protect you in those instances whether it's offered through your employer, school, trade group, or another association to which you belong, or you just purchase it outright yourself, disability insurance is an affordable solution to protect your income. So what is it? Disability insurance will pay you a benefit that will replace part of your income when you are sick or injured and can no longer work. Now, why, you say, would you need disability insurance? Your chances of being disabled for longer than three months are much greater than you would realize. Now, we hope this would never happen to any of us, But like we purchase life insurance policies because we know it's necessary, at some point we are going to die. None of us want to be or plan to be disabled. But it happens. According to the Social Security Administration, almost one in five Americans live with a disability. More than one in four 20-year-olds today become disabled before they even reach retirement age. Well, the possibility of not being able to earn a living 
due to being disabled increases your need to protect your income with disability insurance. So it's protecting your income so that you can continue to live if such a thing happens. Consider what might happen if you suffered some type of accident, injury, or illness and couldn't work for days. Imagine if it went months or even years. Now, if you're single, the question is, would you have any other means of support if this happened? If you're married, now you may be able to rely on your spouse for income. But you probably also have many financial obligations. Of course, supporting your children, paying the mortgage, and now you're down to one income instead of two if something happens to your ability to earn your income due to a disability. Could your spouse's income support the whole family? Also, remember that you don't have to be working in a hazardous role or job to need disability insurance. Accidents happen everywhere, not only on the job, but at home, in the supermarket. Just accidents happen. And of course, illness can strike anyone, as we all are seeing. Disability insurance can also protect you if you own a business. So disability insurance is such a great, great addition to your asset protection plan as an individual, along with life insurance, health insurance, and other type. Now let's talk about reducing your risk of even needing disability insurance in the first place, particularly as a result of an illness. Now, medical costs are always going up, and a lot of us don't necessarily have the type of savings that we would love to have, an emergency savings. And so many Americans are living from paycheck to paycheck and so are at risk for financial difficulty if we miss work due to any type of illness, injury, or even pregnancy for that matter. Cancer, back disorders, and injuries usually top the list of the most common reasons for long-term disability claims. So it is so important, more important than ever, for us all to prepare for the unexpected. So the, but the best way to prevent disabilities that are caused by illnesses is through Prevention, early diagnosis, and treatment. None of us can guarantee that we will never be disabled, but we all can take steps to help stay healthy and prevent a disability from happening in the first place. You 
are your number one asset. So you must be proactive and take the steps to be as healthy as you can and prevent some common disabilities. So let's talk about some ways. These are already commonly known ways. We've heard them. We know them. We just need to practice them. Eat well. Vegetables, fruits, fiber, proper proteins. Foods such as blueberries and cinnamons may have cancer preventive properties. Avocados, fish are all heart healthy superfoods. Research. There's some very credible, credible sources of information pertaining to healthy foods that you can eat on a regular basis to increase your health, good health. Exercise daily. Now, most experts agree that just 30 minutes of moderate exercise can reduce the risk of a heart attack, diabetes, and stroke. Now, this is something that I put into practice about six years ago. It wasn't easy. I would work out occasionally. But then I got to the point where it became really very important for my lifestyle. And it was a matter of taking off excess weight and along with that, putting in place a regular exercise program. Now, I am not necessarily talking about joining a gym. I am not necessarily talking about anything necessarily intense. It does not have to be intense. You can walk. Walking is an absolutely phenomenal exercise that costs you nothing. When I started, I would only walk about 10 minutes a day, six years ago. I built up after a couple of weeks. So my goal was simply to be able to incorporate an exercise in my life that I could maintain for life. So rather than going out there and running to the gym or trying to run or try to walk for an hour and a half and get burned out, or injured, I took it slow. Started with 10 minutes a day, and after a couple of weeks, built up to 15 minutes, then moved up even more until I got to 30 minutes, and then it became a lifestyle, which is what we want. When we're talking about incorporating changes in our life for the good, we want it to be a lifestyle change. And sometimes we have to, we'll, it, it takes incremental increases to get there. 
we're all anxious to meet the goal very quickly. But sometimes it can have a negative effect if we try to get there too fast and we put more burden on our body and on our spirit if we don't achieve the results that we want quickly. So it's better, consider, to start slow. Work your way up. Build up to your goal to the point where once you read that, reach that goal, that exercise goal, it's easy to maintain. It's where you want to be, where it's easy to maintain. And this is something that you can do most every day or at least five days a week without thinking about it. Thirdly, get regular checkups. If you have a sudden change in weight, sleep patterns, or your appetite, it may be a sign of an illness, but check it out. Don't delay. Get enough rest. Proper sleep is so important, not only for our brains, but for our health. Keep stress in check. We all have times in our life where there are things that happen, things that are going on, where we are a little more stressed than normal. The main thing is to be aware of it and incorporate practices in our lives that can help bring it down, whether it's deep breathing, a massage, or walking whatever that is for you. Use proper safety equipment when you are at work or when you are at play. For example, riding a bike. You should wear a helmet. All of those things help to prevent and or keep you from sustaining a serious injury. So these are just some, a few things to offer for us to try to stay as healthy as we can to reduce the risk of needing disability insurance as a result of an illness. Now there is what we call private insurance private disability insurance, and government disability insurance. Now, disability insurance, of course, have those two components, can be split in those two types. Usually when we speak of private insurance, it's an individual policy or group policies purchased from an insurance company. That's private insurance where it's purchased from an insurance company, whether it is, whether you go and purchase it outright on your own, that is individual, or if you have the insurance offered to you from your employer, your employer would, would have been the one to purchase it from the insurance company. Government disability insurance 
is your social insurance, social security. So your social insurance provided through state or federal governments. You all heard of social security disability. This is generally what we're talking about. Now, many types of private disability insurances exist, including individual policies, group policies, group association policies. For example, if you are a part of a trade association, they may offer various types of insurance. And the benefit, generally, of a group policy is that oftentimes the, the cost to you is less than buying it individually on your own. Oftentimes, disability, uh, private disability insurance is uh, included as a rider attached to your life insurance policy. So that might be an opportunity also. So take a look at that because that is often offered in that manner. So depending on the type of policy that you choose, private disability policies usually offer more, more benefits to you than the social or the public, those from the government, social security disability. Usually a private policy will have more comprehensive benefits. Now, individually owned Income policies may offer the most coverage, but it may come at a higher cost. So if you outright buy it individually, not through your employer, but you just go out and buy a disability income policy, it may have, it may potentially have the most coverage. You'll pay more. Next, a group policy that is offered by your job or a, an association that you're affiliated with likely will have the next best coverage. So check with your job or your professional association to see if you are eligible to participate in a group plan. If that is offered, I wouldn't turn it down. If it is not offered, then Contact your insurance broker to look into buying an individual policy. Very briefly, workers' compensation and Social Security are two well-known government disability insurance plans or programs. In general, though, Government disability insurance programs are designed to provide limited benefits, and generally they're more restrictive. So ideally, you would not rely on them as your main source of income if you are disabled. Let me repeat, it is best to not rely strictly on workers' comp and Social Security as your main source of disability income if you have options. It is worth taking a look at purchasing an individual disability insurance policy if you are not offered one on your job. Now let's talk about how much income will you need 
if you become disabled. Now, you know how much you make. So the question you're asking is, if I make $5,000 a month by having this disability insurance policy, will it pay me $5,000 a month if I become disabled? Or on the another way to look at it is, how much should I actually purchase? You purchase disability insurance for a certain amount each month. So you may decide, obviously, the more that you purchase, the higher the cost will be. So if you want to purchase a policy that will pay you out $5,000 a month, then it will cost you more than a policy that will pay you out $2,000 a month. It's hard to know exactly how much income you're going to need after you suffer a disability, but you probably will need more than you think. You know, most of your fixed expenses won't change, and you may save money on work-related expenses because you're not working, but you will need to think about all of those costs that you have. Medical expenses, you can expect your medical expenses to go up if you suffer a disability. You may have a, a health insurance policy, but then you've got co-payments. They will be higher than normal. So once again, if you do have health insurance, you'll probably have to satisfy a deductible as well as an out-of-pocket maximum. Typically, if you're healthy and you only go to the doctor for preventive, if something happens and you become disabled, well, now there's a deductible, a larger deductible that is likely having to be met as well as more costs. So, and these costs likely will happen pretty immediately after your disability occurs. Also, if you suffer a long-term disability and you're forced to quit your job, your group medical insurance coverage may be terminated. If you work for a large enough employer, you may be able to continue coverage on your employer's plan through COBRA, which is basically required your employer, that is uh, an employer that is large enough, may be required to offer you COBRA. COBRA is essentially the opportunity for you to keep your health insurance after you leave your job. But here's the catch. You have to pay the premiums. When you were working on that job, your company likely paid the majority of the premiums and you had some amount deducted from your paycheck. Well, if you're no longer working for the company, but you want to retain that policy through COBRA, you will be responsible for 100% of the premiums and likely a little more added on top, like an administrative cost. 
In addition, COBRA coverage generally does not last beyond 18 months. So this is a shorter term solution. So this can add hundreds of dollars to your budget. You might also need to buy medical equipment or supplies or even renovate your house to accommodate this disability. Living expenses. What if you can't drive, clean your apartment or house, mow the lawn, or cook for yourself after becoming disabled? I know this is not a fancy topic, but this is all about preparation. Short term, if anything happens, we all want it to be something that is temporary or short term. But none of us ever know. Do you think you'd need to hire household help to to take care of day-to-day activities that you can no longer do? Hiring help can be a pretty large expense when you become disabled. Child care expenses. If you have young children and both you and your spouse work, you all already know how expensive child care is. Can you afford it if you or your spouse becomes disabled and unemployed? So the disabled person may be able to take, for the, take care of the children at home, but maybe not if the disability is too limiting. On the other hand, if you currently stay at home with your children, you may be forced to return to work if your spouse is the one who becomes disabled. And you may have to contend now with unforeseen childcare expenses. So you may already be covered by some disability income insurance through your job. This may be either short-term coverage or long-term coverage or both. Short-term disability coverage pays a weekly benefit usually after, you know, the first day or so or the eighth day, the first day of an accident or the eighth day of an illness somewhere. It's generally in that range. Generally, short-term coverage covers you for a period of 13 or 26 weeks. That's a generality. Long-term coverage pays a monthly benefit that begins after the short-term period expires. And long-term coverage can be paid out to you all the way up to the age of 65, potentially. If you have one type only, when I mean one type only, you should look into buying a private policy for the type of coverage that your employer does not provide. If you have both short-term and long-term coverage, you're probably ineligible to buy more coverage unless your employer's plan limits the maximum benefits to an amount less than 60% of your annual income. You could depend on getting disability benefits from Social Security if you pay into the system. Once again, relying on this solely can be a little risky. It's good that it's there. But remember, there are more restrictions and the coverage may not be as good as a private policy. 
Social Security pays benefits only under strict definitions of disability. They have a very strict definition of disability, making it very difficult to qualify. Also, the benefits are limited and may not be adequate for your needs. We talked earlier about short-term and long-term. Let's review that very briefly again. Short-term plans uh, pay benefits for, once again, several months and sometimes up to two years. If it's an employer-sponsored coverage, these short-term disability plans generally start after you have used your sick leave. Long-term disability insurance plans may pay benefits for several years or until age 65, as I said earlier, and may be coordinated with benefits from a short-term plan so that your disability coverage is continuous. What should you look for finally? You need to understand your coverage. So here are four major points to consider when reviewing a disability insurance plan. First, benefit period. How long, you say, will I receive benefits once I become disabled? We don't want to say I become disabled, but if anything happens. Typical benefit periods for long-term plans are two years, five years, or up to 60, or up to the age of 65. And once again, Typical benefit periods for short-term plans are 13 weeks or 26 weeks. Some plans may offer benefits for up to two years. Waiting period is the second thing to look for. How long will you have to wait once you become disabled before you even begin to receive the money? For long-term plans, the waiting period can be anywhere from 30 days to 180 days, which is six months. For short-term plans, you would generally have to wait anywhere from 1 to 14 days. Level of coverage. What percent of your income will the disability policy cover? Disability policies typically pay a benefit equal to 50 to 70% of your gross monthly base salary. So if your if your base salary is $4,000 a month and you purchase the policy at the 70% level, then 70% of $4,000 is $2,800 you would get $2,800 a month of disability income in the case of a disability for that policy. Finally, what is the definition of disability? How does the plan define disability? This is a very general statement, but to receive benefits, you you generally must be under the care of a doctor because, because of this illness or accidental injury, which has impaired your ability to work. 
either in your own occupation, your regular job, or any occupation for which you might be qualified. And all of that is based on your education, experience, training, and past earnings. So those are things to consider, those four points, when looking at a policy. And I think that last point, when we're talking about their definition of a disability, pay very, very specific attention to that to ensure you understand that all four points are very important. So I hope that this information has been helpful to you and that you would give serious thought to obtaining disability insurance for your family to protect your income. So in the case, and hopefully none of us would ever have to use it, but in the case something happens, whether it's on a short-term basis or long-term basis, you could continue to support your family. Thank you so much for joining us for the Basic Money Matters show. All of our shows are broadcast on hindsightmediaradio.com, where there is always something good to talk about. You can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of Basic Money Matters. Thank you again.